Every generation has an apologetics book that they call their own. Will the meme generation trust a meme connoisseur to answer age-old questions on Christianity? Hi, my name is Terence and I'm your host for Reading and Readers, a podcast where I review Christian books for you. Today, I review Why Believe? A Reasoned Approach to Christianity by Neil Shenby. 272 pages published by Crossway in June 2022. It's available in Amazon Kindle for $14.99. I got this book free as part of Crossway's blog review program. Crossway the publisher had no influence in any part of this review. Neil Shenvey is better known as the scourge of the critical race theory CRT movement. In his website, shenvyapologetics.com, he has reviewed nearly a hundred books and two-thirds of them are on race and gender. If you search Neil Shenvey on your podcast player, you will get episodes like Confronting Wokeness in the Church, Foundations of Critical Theory, an interview with Neil Shenvey, Racism, BLM, Supreme Court, and Neil Shenvey, Social Justice, Critical Theory, and the Bible. Today, we are not reading Shenvey's book on critical race theory. That book is being written, and if you follow him on Twitter, you can get near real-time updates on his progress. For his debut, Shenvey has instead chosen to write a book on apologetics. Do we need another one when we have C.S. Lewis's masterpiece, Mere Christianity? We have Josh and Sean McDowell's Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Lee Straubel's The Case for Christ, and J. Warner Wallace's Cold Case Christianity. These books are still around. They are still relevant today. In fact, Shenvey often quotes Lewis. If he is quoting Lewis, it begs the question, why not just read Lewis? Can Shenvey do better? Let's see. The table of contents lists 10 chapters. They begin with the introduction. Then chapter 2 is the trilemma. 3 is the resurrection. Chapter 4 is God and Revelation Part 1, Nature. Chapter 5 is God and Revelation Part 2, The Moral Law. Chapter 6, Arguments Against God. Chapter 7 is the Gospel Part 1, The Uniqueness of Christ. Chapter 8, the Gospel Part 2, Christianity and Sin. Chapter 9, the Gospel Part 3, Christianity and Salvation. And the book closes off with chapter 10, Conclusions. The chapter headings could have come from any good introductory textbook on apologetics. Browsing through the chapter subheadings, most of the material are familiar, seem familiar, but there are some newish questions. What caused the universe is a familiar topic. Why is mathematics so successful? Now that is new to me. Chapter 6, Arguments Against God, includes three topics. The problem of evil, yep, that one is familiar. Evolution, oh, that is so familiar. The hiddenness of God, huh, that's new to me. If you are a young Christian, or better yet, not a Christian, and you have not heard a reasoned argument in support of Christianity, then the content here will be fresh and exciting for you. But if you are familiar with this uh, long, 
ancient battle arena called uh, Apologetics. Is this the book for you? And Apologetics, uh, I should mention, is the discipline of defending the faith. In this case, we are talking about defending the Christian faith. Now, let me give you three reasons why I believe you should consider reading this book. Whether you are a young Christian or a seasoned apologist or a militant atheist. In this book, Shenvi plays conversational chess with us. He moves the white pawn, we counter with a knight. Then Shenvi moves his queen to capture our king. Checkmate. And he asks us to try again. For example, in chapter 2, Shenvi quotes C.S. Lewis's famous trilemma. Jesus can either be a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. The Bible doesn't allow the option to say that Jesus is a good moral teacher. The Bible doesn't allow it. Read the Bible for yourself. C.S. Lewis, who is the OG, first made the case in his apologetics classic, Mere Christianity. And the trilemma has been a favorite for Christians everywhere. If apologetics is a chess game, the trilemma is a favorite opening. But it's not a checkmate. Shen V writes, I quote, Louis assumed that most of his hearers believed the Bible to be generally reliable. While that belief may have been common in mid-20th century England when Louis was writing, it is certainly not widespread today. Most people view the Bible as an incoherent mixture of fairy tales, moral parables, and legends, a cross between Aesop's fables and the Lord of the Rings. End quote. Now you may think, how does the unbeliever counter the trilemma? Well, easy. The trilemma is irrelevant. Shenvi eloquently explains why it can be seen as irrelevant. I quote, we don't need to worry about the claims of Jesus any more than we worry about the claims of Batman or Aragon. No one lies awake at night wondering whether to surrender his or her life to Darth Vader. Fictional figures might inspire us, but they do not demand our allegiance. End quote. And that brings us to my first reason for you to consider reading this book. And that is the reason approach that we read in the subtitle of the book. Now, if he wanted to, Shenvi could turn this book into a dialogue because there is a lot of back and forth in this book as we go deeper exploring the topics. And if you have read Plato's Republic or any Socratic type of dialogue, you know that following arguments can be tiring. But take heart. Shenvi's easy writing style, the easily laid out logical statements, illustrations, tables, makes the arguments easy to follow. And it's so easy that we don't uh, see or appreciate the amount of effort that Shenvi has made to make the complex simple. And uh, the books and writers that he quotes here do not make easy reading, which goes to my second point. Earlier when I said that Shenvi was playing conversational chess with us, to be more accurate, Shenvi is showing us multiple chess games against other grandmasters. If you, the unbeliever, was to lose an argument with Shenvi, you could say it's because you don't have the facts. 
You don't know how best to make the case against Christianity, even when you know that you are right. You could argue that a better player would crush Shen V. You are at a disadvantage because Shen V is just more prepared than you. But that's not true for scientists, philosophers, or so-called experts who have made a name arguing against the existence of God in general and Christianity in particular. They are supposed to have the facts. They are supposed to know how to make an overwhelming argument against Christianity. Shen Vi takes them on. For example, after explaining the trilemma, the liar-lunatic lord argument, Shen Vi introduces us to Bart Ehrman, quote, probably the nation's most well-known New Testament scholar, end quote. Referring to the Gospels, Bart Ehrman says, I quote, Imagine playing telephone over the expanse of the Roman Empire, with thousands of participants from different backgrounds, with different concerns and in different contexts, some of whom have to translate the stories into different languages all over the course of decades. What would happen to the stories? End quote. Shen Vi quotes Paula Fredrickson, a religious studies professor at Boston University, which questions how the Bible comes together, whether it's a realistic portrayal of the, of the people of that time. Shen Vi introduces us to the Jesus Seminar, a high-profile group of scholars who have concluded that, quote, 82% of the words ascribed to Jesus in the Gospels were not actually spoken by him, end quote. If you have family or friends who are scared that you will turn into a religious Christian nut, they have probably told you to watch YouTube videos or read books or consider arguments that ultimately came from these experts. Listen to these experts. It's not rational for people today to believe in Christianity, to believe in the Bible, to believe in God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whether it's an attack on the reliability of the Bible or the science of creation or the problem of pain and suffering, the unprepared Christian would be pummeled to the ground if he or she is not prepared. And Shen Vi's book prepares you. It gives you the facts, the step-by-step -step reasoning, and eventually the confidence to say that the Christian faith is a rational faith. It is a defensible faith. In a Crossway podcast interview, Shenvi explained that many Christians do not know how to defend the faith, and many non-Christians are surprised or stunned to hear a rational defense. Consider the problem of pain and suffering. Non-Christians have it worse. Listen to their answers. In contrast, the Christian answer to the problem of pain and suffering is better, it's clearer, our answer matches with reality and our practice. Or consider another problem. Science shows that the way creation is, it's too perfect for it to be random. Among the explanations for this, atheists give is the multiverse. Shen Vi writes, I quote, It seems very odd for an atheist to scoff at the impossibility of God and then to affirm the existence of an infinite, unobserved, and undetectable ensemble of parallel universes, end quote. 
Perhaps they have watched the latest movie and based their research on that. And uh, let me give a quick recap on why you should consider reading this book. Uh, reason number one is his approach, the reason approach, which is in the subtitle of the book. The back and forth reasoning draws us in. You don't need a PhD in theoretical chemistry specializing in quantum mechanics. Shen Vi has that PhD, but you don't need it to understand him. Reason number two is Shenvi brings the experts with the latest and best evidence for and against Christianity. And if what is here, what is found here is not enough, you have the footnotes and the keywords for further research. If this was a chess game, in every chapter, Shenvi is saying checkmate. You don't see it yet, but I will show you that no matter what you do, I will checkmate you. Jesus wins. Christianity wins. But the victory celebration here is muted by reason number three. <laughs> because Chenvi says that proving that Christianity is rational is not enough. We must also show that it is true. He rightly points out that few people believe in Christianity because it was shown to be rational. Rationality is a low threshold. Let me quote my favorite part of the book. It's a long quote. Uh, Shenvi writes, Consider an analogy. Imagine I'm playing pickup basketball at the park when I suddenly collapse. A crowd gathers, but they don't agree on what happened. Some people say I just tripped and should get up and walk it off. Others suggest I twisted an ankle and may need a brace to finish the game. One person runs to get ice, another to get an ace uh, bandage, a third to get a bottle of Advil from the pharmacy across the street. All of them offer to help me up to my feet. While I'm lying on the ground, a woman rushes up to me with a look of extreme concern. She says, I'm a doctor. I saw this man fall and I know exactly what happened. We need to get him to a hospital immediately. She crouches down beside me and says urgently, You can't feel your legs and you can't move. I'm going to call an ambulance. Your life is in danger. I immediately tell the crowd, do exactly what she says. The people around me are incredulous. They think she is wildly overreacting. They begin to question her credentials. They start to speculate loudly about her real ulterior motives. Yet, in spite of their skepticism, I have reason to believe her. Why? Because I can't feel my legs and I can't move. Somehow, she knew these two truths, even though no one else did. No matter how implausible her claims might seem to bystanders, I have crucial information they don't have. I have first-hand, immediate, and undeniable awareness of my own condition. Based on that knowledge, my trust in her is justified. Later, he writes. Shenvi writes. This story explains how most people come to know that Christianity is true. People put their faith in Christ when they become personally aware of their own moral condition and their need for a savior. The implicit reasoning behind their decision is easy to follow. Christianity is either true or false. If it is true, then its truth explains its unique ability to diagnose their spiritual condition. 
But if it is false, then it is an incredible coincidence that Christianity uniquely explains two deep existential realities entirely by accident. End quote. No, so this uh, story of the trip uh, falling down basketball uh, story and uh, the doctor coming to explain and how he knows that what the doctor says is true, doesn't that resonate with your own conversion experience? Because it does for me. Chapter 7 shows that Christianity is unique, that it is not like any other religion. Chapter 8 is on one of that, uh, those uh, deep existential reality, namely sin. Chapter 9 is on the other, salvation. Now here I'm going to indulge myself and give you another quote, but this time from a non-Christian, Stephen uh, Protero, the chair of the Department of Religion at Boston University, is uh, quoted in this book. I quote, while it might seem to be an act of generosity to state that Confucians and Buddhists and Muslims and Jews can also be saved, this statement is actually an act of obfuscation. Only Christians seek salvation. A sports analogy may be in order here. Which of the following, baseball, basketball, tennis or golf, is best at scoring runs? The answer, of course, is baseball because runs is a term foreign to baseball, tennis, and golf alike. Different sports have different goals. To criticize a basketball team for failing to score runs is not to besmirch them. It is simply to misunderstand the game of basketball. Just as hitting home runs is the monopoly of one sport, salvation is the monopoly of one religion. If, this is the important part, if you see sin as the human predicament and salvation as the solution, then it makes sense to come to Christ. End quote. Now this is a quote from a non-Christian. In this same chapter, Shenvi breaks it down. He decisively shows that not all religions are the same because only Christianity sees sin as the human predicament and salvation as the solution. And uh, he spends three chapters presenting the gospel. And I appreciate that because Shenvi is making explicit the connection between the gospel and apologetics. Now, he is not the first one to discover or write or speak about it, about this connection. If you read the New Testament, it's there. The gospel and apologetics go hand in hand, distinct, but not separate. When you study apologetics, the problem is that you can very quickly get lost in the details and forget why you're even doing apologetics. For example, in this book, uh, a physicist, uh, Lawrence Cross, claims that quantum mechanics shows that something can come out of nothing. What do you say to that? Are you a physicist? Do you know quantum mechanics? Are you willing to do a deep dive into this arcane discipline? Now, Shenvi can defend and explain, but that's just only on one topic. An unbeliever can easily machine gun 10 questions before you barely answered the first. Now, knowing this, it's important that we are able to focus on the central apologetic thrust, which is the gospel. 
I'm not talking about the virgin birth or the miracles of Christ or the crucifixion or the resurrection or the ascension. All these are important and related to apologetics. They are all related to the gospel. But Shenvi reminds us in this book that we need to present the gospel itself, sin and salvation, in our apologetics because, because it is the best defense of the Christian faith. In conclusion, I want to say that this book is for everybody. Christians, young and old, non-Christians, docile or hostile. To the question, is Shenvi better than C.S. Lewis, the McDowell's, Strawbell or Wallace? Let me just tell you <laughs> that hundreds of years will pass Shen V and all the rest will be forgotten, but C.S. Lewis, the Oxford English professor, will still be fondly quoted. And nobody can, can beat uh, C.S. Lewis. As for the other apologists, well, they have their own angles. The McDowells have their evidences. Strawbell, the journalist, has his journalistic methods. And Wallace, the detective, has his detective methods. Which made me wonder, what if Dr. Neil Shenvey decided to do apologetics by using his Ivy League training as a theoretical chemist specializing in quantum mechanics? I laughed at the thought. Uh, I was thinking that readers would spin away uncertain, entangled, and scattered. At least that's what I thought at first. But on second thought, maybe, just maybe, the benefits of the theoretical chemist's training is not immediately observable. Maybe God has prepared Shenvi for such an occasion as this. Maybe, looking from God's perspective, you were trained to explain quantum theory. I will use you to explain who I am. You were trained to review scientific peers and their work. I will use you to review scoffers and their work. You were trained to study and present the most fundamental of science, quantum mechanics. I will use you to study and present the most fundamental of apologetics, the gospel of Jesus Christ. By saying this, I'm not saying that God only makes use of apologists who succeed in getting published. If you read 1 Peter 3.15, the verse that is carved in the heart of apologists everywhere, that verse is written to all Christians, not just the few. And that verse says, Give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Do you believe that God prepares us, you and I, through our knowledge, skills, and experience? If so, then Shenvi's book and other resources are means for our preparation. Now, I'm not saying that Shenvi and his book is God's gift to mankind. I am just saying that we should be more prepared, more able to give a reason for our faith. And Shenvi's book is a good resource, and there are many others as well. And uh, speaking of those other resources, uh, uh, what are those uh, other resources? Do we have newer ones? Well, before this book, uh, the most recent apologetics book that I read and reviewed was Eric Metaxas' 
2021 book, Is Atheism Dead? Uh, that book had three parts, science, archaeology, and atheism, and they were tackled in more depth and unsuppressed glee. Metaxas has a lot of enthusiasm as he, uh, exp as he writes about the, those uh, su subjects. Shen V's book, in comparison, covers a wider range of topics, climaxing with the gospel, and he puts them in a more reserved tone. I mean, just to warn you, uh, to the unbeliever, Metaxas's tone is, Take that, you fool! Whereas Shenvi's tone is, Change my mind. Let's have a conversation. Which is why if you plan to give a book, an uh, apologetics book, to, as a present to an unbeliever, a Shenvi is a much better gift. As for other apologetic, apologetic books that I would recommend, I have been naming them all day. You will find C.S. Lewis, George and Sean McDowell, uh, Lee Strawbell and J. Warner Wallace in any bookshop that has a shelf labelled apologetics. Does the rookie Shenvi unseat them? No, he doesn't. I believe he joins them. As I said in the beginning of this podcast, every generation needs its heroes, I mean apologists. And as hostility against Christianity increases year by year, we can only hope that there will be apologists who will rise up to the challenge each and every time. And that's what Shenvi is doing in his debut book. He is facing down the challenge against Christianity. If you know Shenvi and don't like him because of his activism, or more accurately, counter-activism in critical race theory, then I suggest that you read this book to get a better sense of the man. He is a Christian who loves the Lord. By reading this, you will know how his mind works and perhaps even be convinced by what he says here and potentially elsewhere. What he offers specifically in this book is a reason to believe, a reason to stand firm in the faith. And if you accept what he is saying, I think that the world will be a bit more sane, a lot less strange, and everyone will grow to be a bit more reasonable with one another. This is a Reading and Reader's Review of Why Believe, a reasoned approach to Christianity by Neil Shenvey. 272 pages published by Crossway in June 2022. It's available in Amazon Kindle for $14.99. I got this book free as part of Crossway's blog review program. The publisher Crossway had no influence in any part of this review. Thank you for listening.